From the studios of Teeing It Up in Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for week four of the National Football League season for 2021. Luke Morrow's with us. Good morning, Luke. Good morning. Um, the only thing I can say coming into today is there's going to be a whole lot of remote control flipping for baseball fans and football fans. It's a, it's a great day. I always love this time of year. October, I mean, we just started October. October is the best month out of year, especially for sports. The NBA, I think the NBA starts preseason games too today, if that's something you're interested in. So we yep. have everything going on. It's a great time. Yep. Nets-Lakers today. Yeah, how about that? Potential NBA final preview. Well, not really. <laughs> You, you see LeBron for about two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Takes three shots. And turns around, exits. Um, and, hmm, uh, yeah. It's, preseason NBA is always interesting. It's kind of like preseason NFL. Spring training baseball, you kind of have a chronology to it. Preseason baseball and football are like, all right, you're trying to guess something, but you're really not going to see how somebody's going to defend somebody. You know, and like you look at James Harden and Trey Young who have to adjust their shot fakes to these new rules, and it's like, are they going to really try a shot fake in the preseason? So, anyway, that's my little diatribe on that. Yeah, I would not recommend NBA basketball or preseason basketball, that is, over an NFL Sunday, but. If that's something you're interested in, it's now an option. So it's a good sports day. Maybe if you're Houston Texan fans, you may want to go there. That's true. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jets, Titans, and look, even without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, as long as there's Derrick Henry in the backfield, I'm scared. This is a team. Look, I'm, I'm watching Ryder Cup Sunday last week on NBC. Sorry, I, I just had to plug that. And I'm, I'm watching my golf, and I have football on the iPad, and I'm alternating volumes whenever the Jets get the football offensively, okay? And I blink, and I see, you know, Matt Amendola. I'm sorry, not, uh, uh, sorry, Thomas Morstead, the punter. I'm like, uh, here we go again. And I looked at the, at the drive chart after the game, and I think it was three drives of more than six plays. Like, that's not going to win you football games. And they've got to figure out a way to make Zach Wilson comfortable. They have failed to figure out anything that works. I don't care if you do a stupid pitch, you know, to Ty Johnson. I don't care if you, you know, have a little shovel pass. I don't care if you're running screen plays. Can we at least get forward momentum from the Jet offense? That's what's frustrating me, Luke. I don't sense any preparation to fit the strengths of the quarterback. Yeah, and which I do find somewhat surprising because I know it's only preseason. We were just talking about preseason. But I thought Zach Wilson looked really good in the preseason because they made things simple or easy for him. But that was, I think, further proof of vanilla versus vanilla. And then you get vanilla versus gold, and that's where the problems are. Yeah, 
uh, could be. Now, I will say today may be his best um, opportunity yet because week one you go on the road to Carolina and the Panthers, maybe they haven't been tested yet themselves, but they've been playing as a top five defense so far. Then you get Bill Belichick in week two. That's always tough. Then you get the Broncos on the road. The Broncos have one of the best defenses in the league. Now you get the Titans at home. The Titans last year had one of the historically worst defenses we've seen. And then this year had replaced almost that entire defense. And still this year that defense hasn't been great. And on the other side, Tannehill doesn't have his two uh, best targets either. We'll see what they can do offensively. So I think this is an opportunity. I'm not telling you Zach Wilson's going to play great. But I think this is a chance that at home against the Titans, I think this is the easiest matchup he's had yet. So you would like to see some of that growth or, or some flashes or something out of that quarterback in that offense for the Jets. And, uh, you know, as a touchdown underdog at home, I think the Jets could certainly challenge the Titans, keep it close today. Uh, we'll see how Tannehill does without those two receivers. Um, your Vikings are facing the Browns. There's a lot of people who like the Browns. I'm not sold on the Browns. I honestly, Luke, and I, I take full responsibility, I've not really paid attention to your Vikings. I hope you're not offended. Please don't hang uh, up. Um, so, A, what should I know about the Vikings? And, B, as you've analyzed this game coming in, what's your feeling on if the Browns are for real or not? Yeah, I mean, the Browns are good. They have, to me, still a ceiling. I mean, I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. I think they're a play. I think they certainly will be a, could be a playoff team. But, you know, I don't think they're truly one of the best teams in the AFC that uh, could legitimately go win a Super Bowl this year. And for Cleveland, you look at their two wins, uh, They today would be their best win of the year. I mean, they beat the Texans at home and they beat the Bears in Justin Fields' debut at home. So today would be the big first win for Cleveland on the road at Minnesota to really show us something here early this season. For the Vikings, it sounds like a classic, you know, biased, uh, bitter fan, but I'm not the only one to say this. It's legitimate. The Vikings are two plays away. I mean, they really should be 3-0, and where you had a fumble in week one that cost them the game against the Bengals. And I thought, and others have agreed, that Dalvin Cook was down, even when they reviewed it. Looked like it was not a fumble. They ruled it a fumble. It is what it is. Week two, they missed a chip shot field goal that would have won a 37-yarder that the analytics tell you had a 90% chance of making that kick, typically, from that distance. They missed it. And then they beat the Seahawks by multiple scores at home. So they could easily be 3-0. and With all that said, you know, you are what your record says you are. They're only 1-2. and Makes this game very important. You get Cleveland at home. The Vikings play much better at home, especially the defense. We saw that against Seattle last week. you got to get back to the 500 to win this game. There's obviously a big difference between 1-3 and three and 2-2. Two and two. So this is a very intriguing game. It's Stefanski's return to Minnesota. He coached there for about 15 years. Um, but it's a very intriguing game. Kirk Cousins has played really well. Uh, both these teams. I mean, this is huge. The Browns, to me, still need to prove themselves with a nice win this year, and the Vikings uh, have to get back to 500 and beat uh, you know another good team here in Cleveland at home. Luke, uh, the format of this podcast is Jets, Vikings, and then three other games to look at five games. But if you believe the media, there's only one other game to talk about: Bucks Pats. Yeah. Um, look, I am of the belief that this is being overhyped. I'm not blaming anybody for it. I'm, I'm just stating that I think that somebody coming back to a city and being the game everybody's been waiting for and that this is the biggest regular season game in modern NFL history and some of these other 
Superlatives. I can't even talk, Luke. That's how big the game is. I can't speak. Is this being overdone? I mean, what, as, as, as you sit on your couch or in a chair in Charleston, South Carolina, detached totally from Pat's Bucks, uh, in terms of being a fan of either of these two teams, uh, how big is this game? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, it, it's, a, it's obviously a big storyline of Tom Brady returning. I was saying this week on, on my show that once you kick it off, then it's, then it's a football game. Uh, you'll get all the drama, and we'll see like how they react. Brady and Belichick, do, do they greet each other on the field? Are they laughing? Are they serious? How long do they talk? Do they shake hands? How's Brady treated when he comes down to the field? Do they honor him? All that sort of stuff. You get all that drama pretty much to begin the game. Then once you kick it off, it's a football game. And to me, the Buccaneers are, there's a reason why they're favored by seven on the road. They're just a lot better than the Patriots. I think they beat the Patriots and probably cover that seven points as well. I think they win by maybe 10 or more. So I get the storyline. There's a little drama here. It's interesting. Let's see how they do. Brady versus Belichick, all that. But then once the game actually gets going, that's what I'm interested in because I'm not a Patriots fan or uh, Brady or Buccaneers fan. I don't care about all that stuff. I just want to watch football. And once we sit down and watch the game, I think the Buccaneers kind of roll in this one. And therefore, to me, it's not the, that big of a game or it won't be that great of a game. And the Patriots, you know, they're still probably not a playoff team. So you get all the fun stuff early, see how Brady acts when he first gets back there. But then once you kick it off, to me, it's, you know, it's like almost like any other football game. And at that point, I just don't think it's, uh, it will be one of the best games of the weekend. Um, I'm with you on that. Um, even without Gronk, I think that this Buck team is just way, way better. Um, is this desperation time for the Steelers today at Lambeau? Especially if Aaron Rodgers has fixed whatever cobwebs were left in there from week one? This is tricky for me because this is where Mike Tomlin and the Steelers played their best. They always play to the level of their competition. When they're supposed to play, where they're supposed to win and they play a lousy team, it's when they struggle. And then when you don't expect anything from the Steelers, that's when they uh, that's when they win. That's when they surprise you. Now, this is like a betting statistic. But Mike Tomlin in his career with the Steelers, when they are an underdog against a team with a winning record, they cover the spread. Uh, 75% of the time, which is absurd. But when they're a favorite going up against a team with a losing record, they only cover the spread 33% of the time. Just to illustrate my point that they always play to the level of competition. Everybody is down on Pittsburgh. They have to go to, to Lambeau after that dramatic win for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers last week. I don't feel good saying it because the Steelers' offenses look lousy uh, really all season. But I think I would put the Packers on upset alert. Uh, it took that dramatic finish to beat the Niners. They were trailing in the second half against the Lions. They got blown out in week one. Uh, I, I would not count out Pittsburgh today. This is when Tomlin does his best work. That defense is still tough. The Packers can't get after the quarterback, so maybe Roethlisberger can actually make some plays today. I would look out if I'm Green Bay. The aforementioned radio show that Luke is uh, the host of is tomorrow, Midday Show on ESPN Radio 98.9 FM Charleston. CharlestonSportsRadio.com. Just helping you out That's there, right. buddy. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you for the plug. Yes. We'll you talk Wednesday on that show every, every Wednesday. Yes, we talk golf, which we'll talk about in about two minutes. Um, you get to pick the fifth game. Well, I think it's the game of the week, and it's overshadowed. It's not being talked about because of the Buccaneers-Patriots, but you get the Cardinals-Rams. 
best division in football, and these two teams are both 3-0. and So this is a big game for these two with two teams that are led by their offenses. So, you know, we could see some points. It could be exciting, and it's a big game to try to create a little distance in that division. Really? You think that's the... See, what's interesting about this is I'm not sold on Matt Stafford and this Ram team. I think this is the biggest test yet for them, and I think this is the biggest test yet for Arizona. Somebody's going to come out of this game looking great. Somebody's going to come out of this game looking horrible. But I really... It's interesting that you think this is the best game of the week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I'm the opposite of you. I am sold on the Rams and Stafford, especially the way they played last week. I'm not sold still on Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals, and I think today we'll see that where uh, Arizona will lose this game. Kyler Murray will make a, a dumb decision. He's good for one or two a week. He'll, make a, he'll have an added reception for Cliff Kingsbury makes a head-scratching decision every week, and that will prove to be the difference in this game, and you'll see the difference that the Cardinals still are not on the Rams level just yet. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right, Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. I know. Your game of the day. I just said it. I'm rolling with that one. Cardinals, Rams, you got two undefeated teams, two potent offenses. I think it's a good game. I think we have to talk about Sunday Night Football on NBC, Tampa, New England. You'll see it at 8.20 p.m. on NBC and Peacock, and you'll see... The uh, pregame show, Football Night in America, the most watched studio show in all of sports on NBC and Peacock at 7 Eastern. Uh, hey, I have to. It's, it, it's what my brain has been programmed to say, Luke. Yeah, well, that's what they want. <laughs> Your sleeper game. Uh, since we didn't talk about it, I'll go Panthers-Cowboys. They're a combined 5-1. and one. Uh, Dak Prescott's playing well, and this is a big test for Sam Donald on the road without Christian McCaffrey. The Panthers haven't trailed once all year. They may finally trail today. We'll see how Darnold can do without as much help. Same as mine. Very curious to see what Sam Darnold looks like on the road in a hostile environment. Um, your game to watch golf during final round, Sanderson Farms Championship, Kansahiti Gala. Get his first PGA Tour win. I'll say Lions Bears, a combined one and five. They're both lousy teams. I don't know who's starting at quarterback for the Bears. It doesn't matter. These it's are Justin Fields. At that, uh, this game, uh, I don't, I don't care about. It's uh, Justin Fields, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I don't think he's ready as we saw last week. So, still not exciting. Washington, Atlanta. Hmm. Not a fan. Um, all right. We're going to stop here and switch gears for one minute. So you have 60 seconds, Luke. Okay? Okay. What happens today in the American League race for the wild card? Oh, man. I have no idea. Uh, I hope that the Red Sox win, take care of business, make it real simple, and that at least the Yankees would have to play in a, a, a game 163 tomorrow, and the Red Sox don't. That's, uh, I guess, what I'm hoping for. Uh, just chaos today. That doesn't include the Red Sox. But I don't know what to tell you, because the Yankees were playing a Rays team that have clinched everything, and yet they've lost uh, both at home. And the Red Sox are playing an Orioles team that had nothing to play for, and they lost two out of three. Uh, so I, I have no idea. You can't count on these teams. This is the biggest game of the year. You're playing teams that you should beat, and neither team has been playing all that great this past week. So I have no idea what to expect. 
I am hoping for chaos just as long as it doesn't involve the Red Sox. I have no idea what to expect today either. And the Yankees have just frustrated me. And my person or player to watch today, you see how I segued that, Luke? Uh, yeah. I've learned, is Aaron Boone. Is he playing to clinch today? Or is he playing and managing knowing he has tomorrow as a fallback? There have been some curious bullpen decisions. You leave Jordan Montgomery in there for that second three-run homer yesterday. I'm not sure how he's managing. I'm, 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 I'm not quite sold on his tactics, and I'm very curious to see how it plays out today. So he's my person or player to watch. So now we go to you, Luke, who in whatever sport you want to pick up. You can talk NASCAR at Talladega if you want. Who's your uh, player or person to watch today? Just real quick on that, I agree with you. Uh, I know a lot of people are surprised Garrett Cole isn't starting today. The Red Sox are, are using Chris Sale today, which I hate that they have to, but hey, that's what you have to do. They're burning their best pitcher today. Uh, the Yankees are not, so intriguing there. We'll see how what happens. But my player to watch is uh, going back to the NFL and what we mentioned earlier. It's Sam Donald, because uh, as I was saying this week on the air, it's like removing the makeup now. Uh, no more Christian McCaffrey, at least not for the time being. That hurts the offensive line, which is bottom five in the league. Uh, it, you may have to play from behind, which Donald has not had to do a single time this year, and that's when he usually makes his mistakes. Let's see. You know, Sam has been playing really well, but now some of that makeup's coming off. Let's see how he can do today on the road against a good offense on the other side. Sam Donald is the guy I'm watching. And that is the show for week four. Luke, we will see you not on Sunday next week. Oh. Do you know why? I have no idea. (laughs) Clearly, you have not looked ahead to week five. Because in week five, the Jets go to London and play at 9.30 in the morning. Oh. Face Atlanta. So we will see you on some other day this week to preview the first of only two London games as the NFL goes to the home of the Tottenham Hotspur football team. Can't wait. We'll see you then, Luke. Thanks as always. My pleasure as always. Thanks for listening, everybody.